Start your day the right way by taking charge of your physical and mental fitness. It's important to know your numbers. They determine if your blood pressure is high or low, your cholesterol balance, even your blood sugar level, heart rate, and much more. Get tested by visiting your doctor, clinic, or stop by at any health center closest to you. Take control today. This message is from Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. This is Doctors On Air with Dr. Pamela. Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about empowering people with disabilities as the World Disability Day is literally upon us. Good morning, Dr. Kumokun. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Good morning, Dr. Pamela. It's a pleasure being here. Now, we're talking about people with disabilities. So for those who are not aware, can you quickly tell us what's a disability and what particular disabilities are you interested in as an orthopedic surgeon? Thank you very much for that question. Well, we can say disability is any condition of the body or mind. Please, let's note that mind. That makes it difficult for the person with that condition to do certain activities. And then also sometimes to also stop them from interacting with the world around them. So those keywords that I want us to note, condition of the body or mind. Because sometimes some of this disability can be seen, some may not be seen. And uh, I think people tend to put more emphasis on disabilities that are seen, much more than those that are not seen. But all of them, all forms of disabilities are actually um, things that can prevent an individual from being able to perform certain activities and then also stop them from participating with the world around them. There are two different types of disability, but they are actually divided into four main categories. We have those that are involving the behavioral or the emotional disorders. We have that those that involve sensory impairment disorders. We have the physical ones and developmental ones. Um, but for us in orthopedic surgery, it's usually those with the physical disabilities that we get to see more and those with developmental ones. Because these are the ones that come to our clinic that we interact with and we try to see how we can help them fit into the society. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much for that very broad definition. Because um, one of the things I noticed was um, there's some seats that you, for example, you see in the underground and on the bus in the UK. And um, they say, please stand up for people with a disability. And underneath it now, they write, please note, not all disabilities are visible so that people need to know exactly what you're talking about going beyond the physical to sometimes the mental to know that you know what you need to go beyond that when you're talking about disability that there are other kinds of disability that people need to be very much aware of but since we're talking to you as an orthopedic surgeon let's focus on physical disabilities how do you classify them and what would you say are the most common that you see here in nigeria Thank you very much. So, um, so if, when we're talking about disabilities and the commonest one that we get to see in our environment, uh, I think I will just take it this way. Um, the ones that we see in adults and those that we see more in children, especially the physical and the developmental disabilities. We have to see more of the developmental disabilities in children, much more. Um, and then also because these are things that we get to see in them immediately they are giving birth to. And then as they grow older, some of them tend to manifest 
and then we may have to do one or two procedures to help them so that they can um, fit into the society and be able to achieve um, whatever fulfillment they want to do in life. Uh, but for the elderly ones or the adults, we tend to have uh, physical disabilities in them. And as we talk, um, amputation still remains one of the most common disabilities we get to see in our society. And this is uh, as a result of trauma and then also people not taking care of their health, especially those with diabetes. Uh, we tend to see more people with, with um, uh, mismanagement in their blood sugar or those that have not been taking care of their blood sugar coming down with diabetic foot and they may require a form of amputation just to save their life. And then they become disabled following that. And so, uh, but uh, we used to see disabilities also in forms of uh, doing amputation in forms following trauma from road traffic accidents. But thanks to Lagos states, since the um, motorcycle banning in major streets in Lagos, we have not been seeing uh, much uh, people coming down with um, trauma to their limbs that we require amputations. And so we will say that uh, if there is one thing that will give photos to Lagos State uh, for, we will say that the governor has really tried in banning the Okadas in most of the major streets. And that's actually helped, you know, reduce the frequency of amputation following a road traffic accident, especially Okada accident. But be that at its me, uh, the incidence of uh, um, having amputations from um, diabetic food is like seems to be on the increase. I said it seems to be on the increase because I wouldn't say there is a data to follow uh, to, to back that up, but we are seeing more and more people coming to hospitals with diabetic food, and we are asking ourselves what is happening. And it's, it's something that is giving us a lot of concern, and uh, I think uh, we wouldn't need to you know, push uh, people to get to understand that they need to take care of their health so that we can prevent uh, diabetic food from happening. And then uh, people requiring um, amputation and preventing disabilities. Just recently, we actually had a discussion on things with Dr. Isiawe and others. And one of the issues um, is actually financial. So people are not um, making the diagnosis. And those who even have the diagnosis can't afford treatment. So that is on, on its own a whole different ballgame. But I think, you know, people need to be aware that they can't mess around with um, diabetes. And if there is a suspicion, they need to make a diagnosis. And if there's anything going wrong, they need to treat it early. I think I, um, we, we're talking about amputation. And we also happen to have in the room with us, Crystal, who is from the Radio Foundation. I know by speaking to her earlier, she had some particular points she wanted to make uh, with regard to this issue of um, amputation. Um, Crystal. Good morning, Dr. Pamela, and good morning, everyone that is listening to the show. I think first, I would like to talk about the theme for this year's um, International Day of Disability, which is linked to United in Action to Rescue and Achieve the SDGs for persons with disabilities. So we have a lot of persons with disabilities who seem not to be integrated into the SDGs because at some point you start wondering, where do I really fit? And for us at the Eurade Foundation, the action that we are focused on is actually reducing inequality by providing prosthetic limbs for children who have been amputated 
so that they can go back to school. And then that takes us to SDG 4, where we start focusing on inclusive education. Um, for over 11 years, what we've done is provide limbs for children. Like Dr. Akimokun said, those that have congenital issues and so were born with um you know, some form of limb loss that now makes them to need prosthetic limbs or those that as a result of trauma are now amputated and need to get prosthetic limb either for their legs or for their hands. And all of the work that we continue to drive is to ensure that these children can be integrated back into the society and they can now live their lives to the fullest when we've provided them with the prosthetic limbs. One of the key things that we've noticed over the years also is that as a result of mismanaged fractures, a lot of people get their limbs amputated. Trauma, just like uh, Dr. Akimokun said, is one of the key things that you know you observe in Nigeria and especially in Lagos where there's a lot of traffic, you have a, a lot of motorcycles and just like you said, thanks to the banning of motorcycles on the highway you see that it has really reduced that but you still have accidents and when these accidents happen, either a fall in the house or you have um, a child who just probably had uh, a minor accident. What parents would normally do is to take these children to the traditional bone setter, who they believe will help them set the bone. And, you know, they don't have to go through uh, the rigor of going to the hospital and then getting to amputate. Because, again, we have this socialization that when, it, you know, you go to the orthopedic hospital, what's going to happen is the limb will be amputated. So pretty much uh, one of the key things that we've done is those that have been amputated get them to have artificial limbs and then for those um, who are just out there we are we continue to drive awareness to say when your child has a fall when you have an accident you want to go to the hospital immediately so you can get an x-ray and know exactly what the issue is whether you have a fracture whether you have you know just a, a, a sprain and you really don't need any form of uh, you know cast yeah. on it or whether it's something that is more severe and you need um, further help, maybe a surgery or something to just help you uh, get back on your feet. Yeah, thank you. I think that um, that's important. Dr. Kimokun, what she said is very important, particularly in children and adults. But would you say that is a huge issue in terms of um, care right now, that we're having a lot more in terms of amputations because people are simply seeking um, hospital care in time. Thank you very much, Dr. Pamela. Madam Krista, I really want to appreciate you for bringing this up. Yet, it's been a very, very, very big issue. Um, people going to traditional bone setters, um, then uh, having their limbs, you know, mismanaged there, and then the limbs will go gangrene and become dead, and then they will come to the hospital. And then what we have to do when they come to the hospital is to save their life. And uh, by the time they are coming, uh, they are pretty bad. The limb is dead. Uh, dead particles from the limb is going into the bloodstream and it's causing them to be sick. And the only thing that you can do to help them save their life is to amputate their limb. And then people will say, oh, it's in the hospital that the limb got amputated. Forgetting the fact that it was the mismanagement that happened, you know, with the traditional bone setters that has uh, made uh, the limb to be amputated in the hospital. And so it's a big issue 
it's something that we've been talking about and we continue to talk about it. Uh, the hospitals are not set up to cut people's sleep and the hospitals do not cut people's sleep except to save their lives. And so, like I tell people, a lot of people go to the hospitals, they get their factory and they are working all around. And uh, if they can do that, I believe as many people that have issues with their, with their limbs, either from polyfractures or injuries, can be well treated and they will still have their limbs rather than coming when the limb has been mismanaged by the traditional bone setters and then it has to be amputated in the hospital. It's something that we need to continue to preach to our people and our people need to continue to know that the hospital is set up for them to help them save their limb and save their lives. Thank, thank you. you. I think thank you. I think I think that's actually very clear. But I think a lot of people do not realize that. I don't know how many people we've been talking to, but not enough people are saying that out there. And letting people know that actually this is like a catch-22 situation. And if they go to the bone setter and the, the mismanagement, of course the limb will have to come off. But it's not the hospital's fault, as it were. But in terms of people with diabetes, and that's another issue, is people get diabetes and we're talking about how diabetes is increasing. We're having a lot more people with diabetic foot. And that is also a, a tragedy because also when they have diabetic foot, they don't also look after their feet and look after blood, their blood sugars enough so that they also come to the hospital late. Am I correct? Yes, they do come to hospital late. Um, because sometimes um, there are also some other things that we uh, always tell the people that have uh, diabetes, that are managing diabetes, especially concerning their food. Because we know that with diabetes, um, the risk to infection is high. Then also um, the nerves are affected. And so they usually don't feel like people that do not have diabetes. And so they do not take care of their food. If they do not look after it properly, the probability of having infection uh, or wound that will lead to infection and then that will lead to limited blood supply and then will lead to the food being gangrenous is usually very, very high in patients with diabetic. And one of the things that we always, always advise um, to people with diabetes is to uh, always look after their food. They just have to take care of their food. And um, they must, the things that we tell them they have to do about their food. Unfortunately, lots of people with diabetes will not want to come to the hospital. I mean, there are a lot of people outside there that tell people different things that can be done, you know, uh, to cure diabetes and things that can be used, you know, that, that are not ethical. And people tend to believe them more. And by the time the wala starts, it becomes, it becomes you to just save their life and not not save their I mean save their life and they may have to remove their, their limb because the limb is gone gangrenous and so we still need to continue to push um, a lot of health literacy and then also people need to understand a bit more about the disease so that they get to know that they need to take care of their health and their limb especially for those with diabetes. Thank you thank you very much. You're listening to Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela. Thank you. This has been very, very stimulating. And actually what is wonderful is we actually have someone here today who has lived that journey and walked that journey. One of the things that I know a lot of people say is I don't want to have my foot removed. I actually personally know someone who was a great actor in this country who had diabetes and rather happy, he rather died rather than have his foot removed because he just felt he couldn't live without his leg. And he refused to have his foot amputated, even though it had gone gangrenous from diabetes, and ended up dying. But luckily, we have somebody here who has 
has a story to share. Dr. Lumese, can you share with us your particular journey and how you've overcome um, this issue of amputation? Thank you very much. Good morning, Dr. Pamela. My journey started um, some 20 years before my both legs got amputated. I had a diagnosis of a chronic respiratory disease, which we are called bronchiectasis, and a debilitating neuromuscular disease called myasthenia gravis. The combination of both of these diseases depleted my respiratory uh, status, and um, it got to a point that it became difficult for me to breathe unassisted. And I spent 20 years coughing nonstop every day, seven years on oxygen supplementation, at which time my doctors told me they had exhausted all medical options and what was needed for me was to have a lung transplant. And surprisingly, we're talking about respiratory condition. I, I never saw inside amputation coming along with that. So when I had the lung transplant in April 2013, 2013, all the risks that we anticipated wasn't exactly what we got. I mean, the lung transplant went smoothly, according to my doctor, but barely 24 hours after I had the lung transplant, my systems began to shut down. And so I had to be on a heart-lung machine and on dialysis machine at the same time. And at that point, um, coma was induced. So while I was in coma, because I also had a background sickle cell anemia, um, AS, and I tend to sickle more under distress. So all this distress with blood coming out, going to the heart log machine, and then coming back to go through the dialysis, there was insufficient blood supply to my extremities, my hands and my legs. So when I woke up from coma, my doctors told me that both hands and both legs will have to be amputated. And after 20 long years of dealing with this problem, that was the last thing I expected to hear. Now, uh, with counseling and a lot of discussion, I knew we, don't, we didn't have any option because both legs had become necrotic and it was riding up fast, and which meant that the lungs, that donation that I got, uh, somebody died for me to get, was going to be compromised. So I had to agree to have both legs amputated below the knees. And that began my journey at middle life uh, with both legs amputated. I mean, the first thing is, what exactly was I going to do with myself? And what I wanted to do was to turn my story to something that would bring hope and inspiration for others. So I wanted to have a foundation that was going to provide prosthetic limbs for amputees because we strongly believed that missing limbs should not be a limitation to living a productive life. While I knew I wasn't going to go back to my work with the UN, I wanted to do something that will allow me to use my story to help others. And um, what I did was to get back on my feet as soon as I could. I went through the rehabilitation with all determination, learned how to work again with two prosthetic claims. As an amputee, you have to learn how to work with it, and then began to share my story to encourage other amputees. I got in touch with Crystal. I wanted to know who is helping amputees in Nigeria. And so when she told me that she didn't work with children, I wanted to work with women because I understood the intersection of gender and disability. 
And if we're going to make the world a fairer place for others, a better place for others, according to the SDGs, we must address how disability and gender impacts women. And that began our work and our advocacy in this area. I had my PhD in nutrition. I worked with UNICEF for over 15 years. Now I am a trauma and transformational coach. I want to be able to use the same experience also to help others because missing link is not just about the physical loss. It is the change in body image. And that requires a lot of emotional support for people to accept their new body image. And over the past um, 10 years that I have been an amputee and eight years since we started the foundation, I'm glad that today we not only provide prosthetic limbs for women and uh, young ladies and girls and children, we also provide socioeconomic empowerment for women, giving them seed funds to set up new businesses and encouraging them to see a life beyond amputation. Oh, that's amazing and that's tremendous. I think, I mean, for me, I feel really privileged to be with yourself and Crystal in the same room. I think that, you know, this is a lot of work that a lot of people don't know about. So just as before, because unfortunately, time is really rushing on. Can I ask um, you, for example, do you have a website or a phone number that people can reach you if they want to reach out to your organization? Yes, uh, we have a website. It's called the Feet of Grace Foundation. Um, you can reach out to us on that. And um, uh, for the phone number, it's 0818-447-2866. I can uh, get that for you. And That's I'm fine. Yeah, just Thank to you. And Crystal, do you have, because really Foundation does a lot of tremendous work for children. Do you have any last words? Because unfortunately, we have just like less than two minutes left um, to the program. Do you have any last words you want to also say? And also yeah. give a link. So if anybody wants to reach out to your foundation, they can do right. so. I think for me, it's two things. The first one is we can all in the community be part of the change by referring child amputees or women that are amputees to either the Radio Foundation or the Feet of Grace Foundation. And in order to do this, um, you can call our line 708 710-956 or um, just go to our website or any of our social media handles. It is the Irede Foundation, T-H-E-I-R-E-D-E Foundation and you'll be able to reach us and we will definitely get back to you. Okay, thank you. And Dr. Kimoku, any last words for our listeners? Yes, yes, please. So like, my own last word would be to say that uh, for everyone living with disabilities, we, everyone, must be involved um, in making sure that uh, we all have equal opportunities to the environment, to everything that all of us you know, can benefit from. And the government also should do things that will make it much more easier for them to interact with the environment. Thank you very much. Thank you. Much appreciated. Doctors on Air with Dr. Pamela.